Hello, and welcome to the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And this is the third annual Redbox Awards. Or Joel's first. My first annual. <laughs> well, this is the award show that we try to do. We don't even try. We do accomplish our goal, and we do it every single year. One of my favorite episodes of the of the season where we get to recap the past year in film through Redbox rentals. <laughs> Those are the only movies that are eligible, are the ones that we review on a main episode. And we have a bunch of categories we're going to go through and, yeah. and give our top five or at least winners for each one. I figure we'll kick things off with the best in television for 2015. Woo! <laughs> it was a pretty good year, I thought, for TV. Uh, there wasn't, aside from my number one, there wasn't anything mind-blowing. There was no Breaking Bad final season. Yeah, there's not any real classic. Yeah, there. like some years there'll be like three or four just incredible television shows and not much else. This year I thought there was just a lot of really solid shows, but only one thing that stood above the rest. But um, you didn't watch a whole ton of TV this year. Yeah, I don't... Usually TV's kind of a thing, but I don't know. I just wasn't in the following anything this year. Any shout-outs you want to give to the, the TV shows out there? Um, I, well, sort of a TV show. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Narcos from uh, yeah. Redbox. <laughs> Close enough. TV. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Redbox, Netflix. It's all <laughs> what red. The, what's it's Netflix? all red. <laughs> yeah. Red and white. Um, we reviewed it. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. I don't think it was uh, the best of the year or anything, but... We also reviewed White Hot American Summer. I think we both liked that to a certain extent. Yeah, liked it in its own special way. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't crack my top ten, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was good release. Solid. What was the best TV of the year for you? Yeah, pretty much the only thing I followed from beginning to end, and that's Game of Thrones, yeah. which is... An incredible show. Um, I know a lot of people sort of didn't like this season. But, You're looking um, at one. I'm looking at it from the perspective of not being a book reader, one. And two, I thought this season got a lot of stuff out of the way. I feel confident about the next season after this one yeah. for some reason. I think it could be interesting. I think they've crossed a lot of the lines that they had to get around to crossing, like, doing action, and, like, the season before, they finally showed, like, a, one of the little, I forget what you call them, the green people at the oh, seer. Yeah, 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 the three-eyed raven? Well, what are they, they just call them the children. Right? Children of the forest. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm, they did the dragon fight and all that, I'm just saying, like, all the, yeah, yeah. it's set, I feel like, the to whatever they're getting I to. I mean, they could still shit the bed, but... Yeah, oh, absolutely, there. absolutely. It's there. All right, well, I got a top ten. I go above and beyond, of course. <laughs> uh, my number ten was AKA Jessica Jones, the okay. second Marvel Netflix uh, series. I thought that was not as good as Daredevil, as I'll get to further up on my list, but it was a pretty cool uh, take on a film noir with a female lead, awesome villain, with the Purple Man, um, I forget his actual name in the show, but <laughs> that's what he was in the comics. He control he can control minds, and 
very, very dark story there with the introduction of Luke Cage. It just was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I heard nothing but good things about this show. Uh, but also, I heard it wasn't spectacular either. No, just it, no it started off strong and ended strong. There was a little bit of lag in the middle. I feel like Netflix is almost caught up in their own thing, like uh, how... Network television, they're like 22 episodes a season, and it's way too long. Oh, yeah. But Netflix is kind of stuck on 12 or 13. I think, it, like, 13. Like, I feel like this was one that could have been 8 or 10 episodes. You know, I feel like they could start to do a better job of just going off the material and see how many episodes you need, and not just going off the model yeah. repeatedly. Uh, number 9 for me was Game of Thrones as well. Even though I think it was... Easily the weakest season. I still think it's a very good show. I mean, Hard Home, episode 8 from last season, was one of the best episodes of television for the entire year. Yeah. Um, I just think, as a book reader, I, f- I feel the farther they go away from the books, that the lesser the quality has become. And it's kind of reinforced with my rewatch that I'm doing right now. Of the whole series. Oh, really? With my wife, Sam. Uh, we're up to the season finale of season four. Wow. Yeah, we're flying through it. <laughs> yeah, she loves it. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I think my seasonal rankings stay the same. But I'm interested in rewatching season five before season six starts to see if maybe I was being a little too harsh. But Yeah, I, it's a hard show to review because, like we always say, it's kind of on its own scale. Yeah. There's not many shows that Even are really as good in quality. Exactly. Even when it's quote-unquote bad, it's still one of the better shows out there. And Beautiful visuals, cool action, great yeah. characters. Like, There's a certain level that it can't go under, even if the writing is terrible. Yeah. Uh, number eight was Narcos for me. You mentioned it. I enjoyed it as well. So, surprised me, because like I said when we reviewed it, first I tried to watch the first episode... And I could barely get through it. Thought it wasn't that good. Yeah. Gave it another chance and watched the whole season in a day and a half. So <laughs> it, it came around to me. It's cheesy, but it kind of works. The style works on itself. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know. They just made it work. They found a way. Yeah, I, I agree. I sort of wish they would have either embraced the cheesiness a little bit and gone a little more like stylistic. With the narration. Yeah, or going a little more realistic in general. Yeah, like, but regardless, still a good watch. And another Netflix killed it. Another Netflix show is my <laughs> number seven, Sense Eight, the Wachowski brothers uh, series. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about this. Yeah, this show, I didn't hear that many good things about it, but I like the Wachowskis a lot. Uh, gave it a shot, and it's another one I flew through in just a few days. The whole season, um, really cool. Uh, what is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Plot. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, you know, Doug. There's old things. <laughs> it's a cool idea on a story and executed really well. Again, it has its cheesy moments and there are certain characters, storylines that I enjoyed more than others, but overall, really came together and I, I hope it gets a second season and I look forward to watching it. Sure. My number six is the first Marvel Netflix collaboration, Daredevil. Oh, you're over the moon about this one. Yeah, right yeah. Well, and the word I was looking, looking for with Sensei was conceit. Uh, there we go. <laughs> there, yep, found it. Uh, Daredevil, yeah. The, such awesome martial arts action and just fight scenes in general, hand-to-hand combat, like, 
they really took the time for the choreography and all this. Um, really original stuff for television. And I thought they did a great job with this character and not just doing the same old Marvel thing that they always do. They made it a little bit darker um, tonally and visually. And I they just they got the character. And the only problem I had was the main costume that appears at the very end, like his official superhero costume. I wasn't a big fan of that. Really? <laughs> the look of it. But I'm sure they can tweak it and uh, work on that. That's not that big of a deal. Really looking forward to season two, which comes out uh, this summer, I think. Oh, really? Yes. And number five is another Netflix show. Netflix is just <laughs> where I go for TV. Who needs Netflix. TV? <laughs> it's not TV. It's Netflix. <laughs> uh, number five is Bloodline. Oh, this, oh, yeah. This is another one that I think people are underestimating because it's like... It's slow to start, it's a slow burn, but man, it really picks up momentum and builds steam towards the second half of the season. Um, Kyle Chandler is awesome. Ben Mendelsohn, just one of the best out there. He seems like he's in something new every month. He's just crazy workaholic. Yeah, he's, like. a, uh, he's a plumber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just plugging away, and he's awesome in this. It's a whole family drama. I don't know. It's worth checking out. It's hard to explain why it's great, but yeah, just the the drama between this family. I'm ashamed to say it's still on my watch list. I've wanted to watch this for a while now. Uh, I think I watched the first episode and we talked about it, and then you watched the whole season and then just yeah got bogged down. And this is one like Narcos where I'm not sure where... I mean, they've announced the season two, but I'm really not sure where they could go with it, but... Yeah. Um, I'm interested to find out. Why not? Number four is a real television show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, actually on television. Mad Men. The final season of Mad Men. One of my favorite shows of all time. You would think the final season of one of my favorite shows ever would be a little bit higher than fourth, but this actually was the final seven episodes. We're good. For, we're certainly good, and there was one or two great episodes, but... Uh, it was only seven episodes, and it wasn't like yeah. the highest quality that they had to give. Yeah, they were definitely just filling out a contract obligation yeah. or whatnot. I didn't love the last half season. I agree with you. There's like a couple amazing episodes in yeah. it, and the rest of it's sort of I don't know. I can't it's even still put my on like, it. It's not much different, but. It is. Again, Mad Men is kind of like Game of Thrones, where even the lowest level Mad Men episode is still a certain level quality. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, it wasn't their best, because I had felt like, leading up to this, that every season was getting better and better and better, and then this one kind of just came down a little bit, but still yeah. really, really enjoyed it, and it's just, it just was an incredible show in its own right. Yeah, I, I picked this show up pretty late and watched almost all the seasons within like a month. Same here. But there was one season where, after that, I sort of lost a little bit of interest. Enough that I wasn't binging it. And yeah. then I gave the next season a chance, and I was like, wow, this is better than ever. Yeah. So, I can't remember if that was two or three, but one of them. Roger. Roger that. Roger is a character in Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is an AMC show, Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad spinoff. 
Uh, I've seen the first two episodes. And I think you need to get to, I forget if it's episode four or five, but it's the Mike episode. Uh, it's like the Mike origin story <laughs> episode. And once that hits, it's like, it kind of takes off from there. Again, it's a show that I think found its footing as it went along. Really? Yeah, I don't think it knew exactly what it wanted to be when it was first starting. Because it's like, okay, how do we live up to Breaking Bad? This is a whole yeah. new thing, new vibe we're going for. But I really, I really enjoyed it. And the second season starts next month. Really? Yeah, February 20-something, and uh, really looking forward to just see how Jimmy McGill turns into Saul Goodman. <laughs> Saul Goodman. I um I don't remember disliking the show, but I can't rem- re- really remember anything about it, but I don't know. Again, not a big year for TV for me. <laughs> there you go. And my number two is Fargo Season 2, which just ended not too long ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about this show. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And if it wasn't for The Leftovers, which is my number one, they're both airing at the same time in late uh, <laughs> fall here. I mean, these were fight, they were fighting it out neck and neck in the beginning for the best show of the year. But The Leftovers just took over, man. Every episode got better and better. It was a perfect season of television. One of, one of my favorite seasons in television history um wow yeah like after the first season i wouldn't have considered it for my favorite shows of all time list <laughs> but just from one incredible second season it is probably in like nine or ten of my all-time favorite shows yeah i gotta say there's not many people i know that have seen this show but every single person that has has said you have to watch this like yeah. now. It's hard to explain. It's dark and depressing, but so well done. Uh, it's the guys from Lost, one of my favorite shows of all time, or one of the guys from Lost is doing it. And yeah, he got criticism for how he ended Lost, and he's really trying to erase that. Backwards of vengeance. <laughs> they get in a third and final season this year, and I can't wait to see if they can follow up with. Uh, from season two and also Fargo I feel like I didn't really say much about it but second season was excellent it was just I put it on even keel with the first season of Fargo but I think this one had more highs and lows whereas the first season was more consistently good yeah there was some stuff in the second season that I liked way better than anything they did in season one and there was some stuff that was like had me scratching my head and wondering what they were thinking I know a lot of people were skeptical about season two because I guess the first season is basically the movie-ish. Ish, yeah. Yeah. I like the setting, uh, the seventies like vibe from the second season better. Really. But Billy Bob Thornton was just awesome in that first season as the villain. <laughs> He's a great actor, actually. Yeah. Kind of underrated uh, and overrated in a way, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think. Like, I haven't even seen him in that many things. Like Sling Blade, he's in, he's awesome. In. Yeah, I guess what I mean is he used to be kind of overrated, and then the little stuff that he's been in through the years that he hasn't got much attention for has been at least well done on his end. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next category. All right, it's uh, an ode to one of our segments. What else we watched? This <laughs> is the what else. We awarded. No, I just came up with that. <laughs> we awarded. Um, but this is where we'll talk about 
the best thing we watched that wasn't a main review or film club review uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Did you have anything for this? Yeah. Well, I feel bad because there's a documentary I wanted to put on there that I just, I could not find what it was, what it was called. It was about a guy who basically went, uh, he got involved in the Syrian civil, one of the civil wars in the Arab Spring. He was from Baltimore and I just, remember I clicked it on Netflix by accident and ended up watching the whole thing. It's a great watch if someone can think of what it's called in the comments or something like that, but... Yeah, I totally recommend it if you can figure out what it is. But uh, anyway, I had never seen Enemy at the Gates, and I love World War II, and I've always said I wanted to see like more of a Russian movie, because Stalingrad would be amazing to see cinematically. And I watched Enemy at the Gates and on Netflix, and it's amazing. I can't believe I never yeah. watched it before. <laughs> or, it's not amazing like Saving Private Ryan's amazing, but... In its own way, it's better, stronger, really, in story. Cool. But. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it now. Like, I feel like there's so many movies with a similar title that yeah. I'm getting it confused. And it's... World War II movies can look great from... If you just watch, like, a trailer or take see a couple screenshots, because people got the look pretty down. So I'm always really skeptical. If I've never heard of a World War II movie, it probably sucks. Right, right, right. But, I don't know, going back and watching, like, Stephen Private Ryan, it's kind of dated. Like, the effects look amazing. Like, that first scene is incredible. Yeah. Iconic. One of the best of film history. But, really, after that, the story is pretty weak. It's got a really saggy middle and then when they get to the last town, it's strong again. But People will snipe you for that, but I agree with you. <laughs> Just thinking critically, <laughs> but uh, Enemy of the Gates does that much better. It's more novel-like in story. And cool. The setting looks good. If too. it's on Netflix, I might have to check it out. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's still on there. All right, well, I got a top five. My number five is Caché. This is a movie that... Uh, Casey recommended it to me for Film Club in one of his last episodes. Oh, okay. Um, and I loved it. I loved the movie. It's a French movie about a guy who gets... Uh, he's living at his house with his wife, and he keeps getting these videos of him being surveilled <laughs> his house, outside of his house, and it's like he's trying to figure out who's doing it and why and all this stuff. And it's just awesome thriller, and crazy shit happens. Cool. Enjoyed it a lot. I cheated a little bit with number four. I split it between two movies. Oh, man. <laughs> the Guest and Start Up were two 2014 movies that I saw in early 2015. And I loved them both. Start Up was Ben Mendelsohn in the British prison drama where his son, uh, played by the guy from Unbroken, Sean O'Connell, uh, or the guy... Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, he... Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm getting hung up on it. <laughs> but uh, it's just the dynamic of how this kid, like, uh, gets, goes from, like, the juvie prison to the big bad prison, and uh, his dad's there, which is... Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Interesting dynamic, but I, I love the movie. It was intense. You can barely understand what anyone's saying, but <laughs> they got it across with actions. And the guest was, like, a horror kind of 
uh, more of a thriller starring fucking <laughs> Stevens, Dan Stevens, uh, in an awesome role where he's like this military guy who's been transformed into like this super efficient killer. And uh, he comes back for the to this family's house where he says he was in the war with their the oldest son who was killed and you know can he stay here for a couple of days and he kind of bonds with the other kids and crazy stuff happens from there yeah and just so you know we kind of did that a little sloppily because Bob got hung up on the first thing and I should have been there to save him but I was hung up on the fact that he is a tie for fourth <laughs> on what else not a tie for second or first <laughs> we're last place to make the list there's a tie for fourth place <laughs> I thought this out yes yeah, see <laughs> I wanted to find a way to get cachet on that list and if I would have just put the guests and start up in a, some kind of order for fourth or fifth it wouldn't have made it <laughs> so that's how that happened so fourth place yeah and I meant to ask you deep. since you're talking about Woodward 2 movies and how much you like them are you excited for uh, Christopher Nolan's next movie, Dunkirk, a World War II thriller? I haven't heard too much about With Tom it. Tom Hardy. I heard of it, and that sounds amazing, but I don't know anything else about it yeah. besides yeah. it's going to be a World War II movie. But it sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, all you need to hear, Christopher Nolan, yeah. World War II, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. All Which, right. he's got some chops in. He's just, Either in Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan. I can't remember which one. Yeah, he was kind of young in one of those, right? Yeah, he was like a sniper or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Number three, Best in Show. This is the the comedy about the Heat Dog show. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, all the guys. Uh, it's the same people from, like, This is Spinal Tap and For Your Consideration. It's just this troop of... Of actors that get together for these like parodies, and I thought it was one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, I don't know. There's not much else to say other than watch it. You'll laugh your <laughs> you'll laugh your ass off. Number two is a, again a little bit of a cheat because I watched it in like December thirtieth, two thousand fourteen, but I didn't talk about it on a podcast until two thousand fifteen. So it counts. It's Zodiac. Close. Oh, okay. Oh, and it's kind of a rewatch because I didn't appreciate it enough the first time I watched it, but then when I rewatched it last year, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> David Fincher's Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert um, Downey Jr. Mark Ruffalo, a bunch of other great actors, uh, about the Zodiac Killers. And, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're like me and you watched it once and said, I don't get it, there's not really an ending, I don't understand what's going on, try it again. Because, man, it really clicked on the second viewing. I watched uh, some of it. Or maybe all of it. I don't I can't quite remember. But I'm pretty sure I, like, fell asleep at least for a good portion of it. Not for the movie, really. But... I just remember not knowing what just was Just from your on. narcolepsy? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, if I'm not doing anything, I'll sit there wide awake, and the second I... All right. Yep. Just pop something in. <laughs> That's how I am, too. <laughs> I know. When it's something I want to watch, I'm more prone to fall asleep than if it's just sitting there staring at the wall. Yeah. Or, like, if I need to get to bed, and I'm like, I'll just pop this on and fall asleep to it. 
I watched the whole thing. Yep. Every second. <laughs> Same stuff happened. <laughs> and my number one is Seven Samurai. This was, again, one of the last episodes we did with Casey, and this was obviously a classic. You know, Seven Samurai, known as, like, iconic movie, and man, does it live up to the night. And it holds up today. Like, it's not a tough watch for a black and white immersion. I was going to say, I wasn't sure if you were talking about... I don't know if they made a remake by the same I'm sure they have. I know they did a spiritual one, at least. It's like three and a half hours long, black and white, in Japanese. (laughs) And it's breezy. Like, it's not this deep, dark, like, trudge of a movie. It's, like, funny, it's lighthearted, but it's serious. Like, it's an awesome, awesome movie. Like, blew away my expectations. I thought this was going to be, like, eating your cereal, taking your medicine. But it was, like, just an awesome Awesome uh, viewing experience. <laughs> I can see why some would be a little apprehensive about that. Yeah. On, like, oh, um, <laughs> I don't know about those. The next thing you know, what, that's it? It's over already? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's turn our attention now to the genres. We genres. have the best of horror, comedy, drama, action, and animated. Let's start off with animated because there's only four movies eligible for the list. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can, all, we can both do a top four. I'll kick it off um, with Spongebob, Sponge Out of Water being my number four. It, uh, it's not a bad movie, but it makes the bottom because it's just an extended episode of Spongebob Squarepants with yeah. like a brief appearance of live action stuff, which was my favorite part of it, but it was just middle of the road, like if you like Spongebob... The show, he likes Spongebob the movie. Yeah, I, I gotta agree, it's my number four as well, but I disagree because it sucks. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's like 90 minutes long, and that felt like three hours. This is like the opposite of Seven Samurai. Yeah. I For remember some reason. 20 minutes in, I was just like, this is going to end soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Saw it in theaters, and uh, I mean, I again, I didn't hate it, but it's, yeah. I like the first Spongebob movie better. Yeah, I just dislike Spongebob, personally. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's never good. So. My number three is Paddington, a movie I liked quite a bit, actually. Surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie, actually. Uh, yeah, the could not believe it. Mix of live action and uh, like uh, animation. There was clay animation. No, I'm sure it wasn't, but it had that kind of Yeah, that too. kind of look. Um, thought it was funny, heartwarming, just like a unique movie. Yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman as the villain was the worst part. By far. Yeah. They didn't... I think we said this in a review. They almost didn't need a Yeah, bad why guy. did there need to be that yeah. aspect of it? It could have just been like a fish out of water, like trying to get home. Or yeah, Find exactly. a home or whatever. Yep. A lot yeah. of movies get hung up on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's still a very enjoyable movie, even if you don't have to watch it with the kids. And yeah. Yeah. Number two for me, Big Hero 6. Um, A lot of fun with the superhero stuff. Baymax is awesome. But it doesn't beat out number one, Inside Out. Even though I didn't like it as much as everyone else did, it's still really good. Yeah, it's still by far the most solid movie on the list. Just so innovative, so beautifully animated. Um and just a heartfelt story. It was it was good to see. Yeah, can't get wrong with it. Um, yeah, I pretty much agree. Um, I put Paddington as number two. Big Hero Six is number three. Uh, I liked Big Hero Six, but it didn't have any 
attachment for me and Inside Out being number one. Even though I didn't love that movie either, but it's still enjoyable. The most well-rounded film, I think. Yeah, for sure. Now let's move on to your favorite genre, the horror genre. Horror genre. <laughs> horror movies are your friends. Yeah. Um, but was there any that you, uh, that you loved? Um, didn't really consider what we do in the shadows, horror. Yeah, kind of had it either way, comedy, yeah. horror. I um, put it in comedy. So that was good, but, you know, not scary. Uh, I remember It Follows wasn't bad, um, and Maggie wasn't a horrible movie. Not super scary, but definitely atmospheric in that way. Yeah. But um, my winner is by far the only one I really actually enjoyed watching. <laughs> and I don't mean that really. To, it sounds funny saying it like that, but I did kind of enjoy this movie, uh, The Babadook. Yeah, it's a good movie. The Australian movie. We did that on our episode when Edgar Chaput and Casey were the guests. Yeah. And we did our summer box office draft. That was a fun episode. Yeah, I remember this uh, movie kind of flew under the radar, and then when it came out, it like, got really good reviews for the most part. Yeah. Or at least for what it was. Yeah. For one of these spooky monsters, like... Uh, Mama, you know, it, it was very effective. At yeah, it could easily be, if you watch it kind of out of context, it could be kind of cheesy and funny, like just the little boy. But if you escape a little bit, use your imagination a tiny bit, which is what we do when we watch these things. Absolutely. Um, it's pretty enjoyable. All right, I'll run down mine. Uh, my number five, I know you... You loved it. Unfriended. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it's not a great movie and it really gets kind of ridiculous towards the end, but I liked the conceit. See, I found the word right away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the setup of just having it be like an actual computer screen and super realistic in that manner. I thought it was creative and original. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of just goes stupid for no reason. I Sorry. thought it was a horrible movie, but I did say it probably uses computers the best I've ever seen in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's a little bit... Something to go for. Yeah. Number four would be Kevin Smith's Tusk. Uh, this is one we reviewed early on. You didn't... You weren't on... Right? I don't even think I did. Yeah. So, I'm, you probably didn't check it out, because why would you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it had its moments, actually. The first half was... Really good. Uh, Michael Parks is great as the the villain, and uh, Justin Long gets turned into a walrus. <laughs> that and <old> story. <laughs> it's actually kind of scary and and uh, well done. Except there's this weird Johnny Depp part where he's this goofy French journalist guy who's just from a completely different movie, <laughs> and it kind of ruins it. And uh, yeah, like he was fine in a different movie. Yeah. But it just did not fit. It didn't mesh at all. I don't know what Kevin Smith was going for there, but <laughs> I didn't hate the movie. Uh, number three. My number three and number two are the double feature we did on that podcast we were talking about. Number three is Starry Eyes. Oh, uh, yeah. About the up-and-coming wannabe actress who 
like has to join a cult to get the the movie part, and then she gets like possessed by some kind of demon, and shit goes wacky at the end. <laughs> I love the ending of that movie. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, I felt like it was a it was, it was a slow burn, and I wasn't a huge fan of just the the production value of the movie. But I can't remember this one. I'm trying to think back. Let's just say I don't want to spoil it, but I feel like I remember the movie, like watching it, but I can't remember anything about the <laughs> yeah. movie. I the last twenty minutes or so are pretty bonkers and awesome. Um, number two is the Babadook, your favorite. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie as well. I loved how the filmmakers able to turn everything on its head about the halfway mark. Like in the first half, you're sympathetic towards towards the mom. Yeah, and I hate that brat kid. <laughs> and then in the second half, you like completely turn around and you're like feel terrible for this kid that has to deal with this evil mom. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's subtle and it like. The way that it uh, it does it is really effective. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my favorite part, is you don't really see it. Usually in these kinds of movies, you know there's going to be a twist of some sort. So it's almost predictable. Yeah. And this one, it's really not until the end, when they're showing you these bits and pieces. Yeah. And I actually like the, the design of the, the monster. Yeah, itself. me too. It actually worked. And they don't go to it too much. And like in Mama... That movie was effective when you didn't see the monster, but then as soon as you see it, it's, like, laughable. Yeah. <laughs> but this actually was able to work even when you saw the guy or the being or whatever. And my number one is It Follows, the sexually transmitted uh, disease uh, killer thing. Yeah, now I definitely totally Just love the movie. filmmaking in this movie. Uh, had an awesome 80s vibe to it. Great performance by Micah Monroe. Um... I just I thought it was scary, actually scary at parts, and uh, I love how they would have alternate between shots where you see what they're like they're seeing and following them and stuff, and then other parts you wouldn't. You would just see like someone's hair getting pulled by nothing, and yeah, just see what other people that weren't affected by this. This was a I really was surprised I liked this movie. Yeah, I, did, I, mean, I didn't love it, but I, I remember I liked the elements uh, that they used. Think there's a lot of original ideas here in a genre where there's usually not. Yeah. You know. All right, let's go from horror to the opposite of horror. It's comedy. Comedy. I'll kick it off, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Number five would be Spy, for me. Just a solid straight down the middle. It was funny. It was a good spy action movie, but it wasn't anything above that. Yeah. You know, it just was kind of like a good watch. <laughs> I don't know. Enjoyed my time. Forgot about it almost immediately. Yeah, it was all right. It, I was surprised because it actually got pretty good reviews. Yeah, or at like least it did pretty some well. Yeah, it did really well for you in the box office draft. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, I'm so conf- weird about it because I feel like I had low expectations going in for some reason, just because I'm not a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy. But then I thought I would have liked it more at the same time. It's just like, I don't know. It's just good. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. I don't. That's sort of how I felt. I'm not a big fan of her, but it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, I got caught in the middle. Yeah. And my number four is what we do in the shadows. 
you had mentioned earlier. I agree. It's more of a comedy than horror. I think everyone would agree <laughs> that. But it does have a cool horror vibe to it. But very funny movie. I feel like it would get funnier on rewatches every single time. Like it's yeah, one of those it's quotable yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff going on you don't really notice right away, and you would pick up one more later. But uh, yeah, def- definitely a fun movie. Number three, Trainwreck. Um, like I talked about when I reviewed it, great first half, thought it was hilarious. Then the second half kind of tries to bring a little more drama into it, and it loses steam for me in the second half. But Judd Apatow, I always enjoy his work. No different here. Number two, Birdman. I mean, it's kind of a mix between a comedy and a drama. Yeah. But I think it's overrated. Did not deserve to win. No. Best Picture. It's a good movie. It's, it's a really good, good movie. It's technically amazing. Like, score is incredible. Cinematography is incredible. Performances are incredible. I think the script's full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say it's a bit pretentious. It's super uh, irritating on a script level, but everything else is done so well that it's it's almost forgivable. It is forgivable yeah. to an extent. To an extent. Absolutely. Uh, and my number one is Inherent Vice because... Paul Thomas Anderson can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, incredible as uh, the main dude. And, uh, yeah, it's hilarious and it's it's weird. <laughs> it's just a good movie overall. Yeah, absolutely. It's It might be a little over your head, actually, the first time you watch it. I fully recommend at least two full watches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... It's out there. It's a weird movie. It's super weird. Alright. Uh, my five... I was... I don't know. I guess I give Spy my number five as well. Yeah. Kind of liked it, kind of didn't. Talked <laughs> about it. Um, my number four is What We Did in the Shadows. Again, talked about it. Hilarious. <laughs> not much of a comic, or not much of a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going too deep. But it's uh, surface level comedy. Um, sort of. I meant to give this number four, actually. But anyway, it's getting number three due to mistake in the <laughs> part. American Ultra. Hey, once you submit, it is official. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> oh, yeah. American Ultra! I fucking hated that movie. Yeah. Thanks for the DVD, by the way. It was, it was, we Lionsgate. got a Lionsgate screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sweet. Good looks on that. Yeah, I wish I would have burned it in a fire, but... My number two is St. Vincent. Because the movie's got heart. I weirdly enjoyed it. And it was my first episode. Very first review, yeah. Very first episode. Yeah, so... Sentimental values. Sentimental values. <laughs> close to my heart. Didn't cut the mustard on the award, though. Is doing hair advice because it's by far the best movie yeah. on this list. I agree. I agree. Um, let's see. Action movie. This is a first time category, I believe. I don't. I think I didn't have this in the past, but I decided to add it here. Okay. How many times can I say it? No. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, action could be anything sci-fi. Comic book, superhero type stuff. Yeah. You know action when you see it. <laughs> yeah. you, you'll know it when you see it. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll kick it off. All right. Uh, my number five would be Fury, the tank movie with Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, or Shia LaBeouf. Um, yeah. And 
a bunch of other guys. Michael Pena. Uh, I just thought this movie was super gritty, but at the same time had a style to it that really worked for it. Like, the bullets from tanks and guns were like numerous lasers from a Star Wars movie, but somehow it worked. <laughs> like, yeah. It made sense. Um, really yeah, it has a style to it, almost like Inglorious Bastards, but not so over the top. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought I like the claustrophobic feel of being inside that tank. The just the scene at the like the house with the the German people, or I can't remember which country it was, but the the foreigners, the foreign like mom and daughter, the non-Americans. Was, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome scene, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed the movie. Uh, number four, Interstellar. Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Incredible. One of my favorite episodes we've done. Uh, it's one of those movies that, even though it's not perfect, it's really fun to talk about because it has so many ideas going on. That yeah. Even if it doesn't nail them all, it's like commendable that it's even trying shit. Yeah, it's a it's a journey of a movie. Great performances, incredible special effects. Um, I don't know. Just there's a vibe with Christopher Nolan movies. He knows what he's doing behind that camera. Definitely. Number three, Slow West. The nice. uh, Michael Fassbender movie that Lionsgate sent me. Uh, it's like less than 90 minutes, so it's short, two to point. Very, very good movie. It's a Great watch. Incredible looking film. Just the style of it is awesome. And the, the little shootout at the end. One of my favorite uh, scenes of the year. Yeah. Number two is our most recent and last review of the year, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Talked about it a lot in the last episode, but uh, <laughs> needless to say, I loved it. Yes. I loved it. Amazing. And number one, Mad Max Fury Road. Very deserving. <laughs> uh, another one of my favorite episodes we did talking about this movie it's just so kinetic such a lived in world building awesome characters action chase <laughs> sequence like it, it almost can do no wrong it's one of the best action movies in years maybe of the decade wow. um, absolutely loved it even on a rewatch it held, it holds up completely yeah we were just talking about that actually yeah, yeah it's a and it's a action movie to the truest oh yeah <laughs> it doesn't hold back how about you all right my number five is coming to a movie I I didn't love but in the terms of action it deserves a nod of the Hobbit cool cool, um, cool. I'm not super into that. I mean, not like I'm not into the horror move, movies, but action, I'd rather have dialogue. But, uh, I don't know. I felt like this is how The Hobbit sort of went, as it was action movies, rather than, yeah. you know. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the last Hobbit movie, I didn't like it. But yeah. it does have good action, so I can see where it comes from. Good effects and all that. That's really why it's making the list more so than being a full-rounded movie. Mm -hmm. uh, my number four is Slow West. Beautiful. Um, Love it. One of my bigger surprises of the year. Number three, Jurassic World. Because it's Jurassic Park World. <laughs> Jurassic Park World. Park World. <laughs> uh, I liked some of the 
even the more subtle things they did, like seeing the old park being overgrown and yeah. I thought the action is what made this movie. I feel like it's getting a big backlash because it made so much money. Yeah. I mean, I like the movie. I mean, I, I don't think it's great. It has a lot of problems, but it's enjoyable on a lot of levels. Yeah, I enjoyed my watch through, and I wasn't super psyched about watching the movie, so I mean... Yeah, that's a pretty good testament. Yeah. Um, my number two, number one, it was close. Yeah, Mad Max is my number two. Oh. It's, I almost feel bad about saying it, because it's so well made, but... Yeah. My number one is Star Wars. So delivered for me. It's not going to win many other awards because it's not that type of movie. Yeah, so. yeah. You won the Red Box Award. Congratulations. <laughs> Woo! We'll, we'll uh, send it through the mail. Yeah, we'll, we'll arrange a meeting with you, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it is. How about drama? Kick it Ooh. off. Or you want me to? You can kick it off. All right. Well, our number five is Beast of No Nation. Uh, the Netflix movie, their first, like, legit for original movie, and, man, did they knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, it's so dark, so disturbing, but yet so well done, beautiful to look at, so many awesome shots that just stick in my mind even now, like the pure red clayness of yeah. the, in, towards the end of the movie. Um, the pink, The whatever. dream-like... Uh, section it's just great performances great direction uh, i love this director and i want to see netflix continue to make original movies if they're going to be as good as this number four ex machina the science fiction movie starring oscar isaac donald gleason no not star wars it's actually ex machina <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and alicia vikander uh just a awesome awesome heady sci-fi movie Gets you thinking. It gets you... Has really cool special effects for an indie movie. Like... Yeah. It's pretty awesome how they were able to pull some of this stuff off. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Another one that has a vibe to it. That just... At least for me, I immediately was in this world and, like, following along, like, side by side. And it's people. only in one house, so it's, like... You yeah. become, like, comfortable there. Yeah. Almost, you know? Yep. Uh, number three would be Whiplash, the little drummer boy movie. Yeah. Um, just absolutely enthralled by this movie, especially like the ending. It ends so well that it, even the smaller problems I had with it earlier on completely go away by the time, I don't want to spoil it, but the climax happens. I just, yeah. oh my God, it got my heart racing. I love the music, um, the performances, obviously. Uh, J.K. Simmons and, and the main dude, Miles Teller. Just really, really well done. Really interested to see what this director is going to do in the future. Number two, Gone Girl. The David Fincher uh, of Zodiac fame. Uh, <laughs> his newest movie. It's in my top 100 of all time. Wow. I've watched it twice. Yeah, twice now. Um, there's just something about it that... Ben Affleck, um, What's-Her-Face, Rosamund Pike, they do such a good job with this material. And David Fincher just knows how to spin a yarn. He, <laughs> he's great at everything. He can do the thriller. Like He even gets Medea to be incredible as the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, forget 
thinking uh, of guys actually. Tyler Perry. Yeah, Tyler Perry. I actually love Tyler Perry in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. And number one is Boyhood, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's transcendent to me. I thought it, it just hit me on a, on a level that not many movies have ever hit me. Uh, I don't think everyone will have the same reaction, but for me, it, it was incredible. Nice. Sorry, I'm uh, trying to make big decisions over here. <laughs> understandable, understandable. Can't just start giving out awards willy-nilly. No, no, no. Can't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, me? Number five, Whiplash. Nice, nice. One of the uh, earlier movies that we reviewed this year. Yep. Um, we talked about it. Great movie. Um, number four goes to Most Violent Year. It's a very atmospheric yeah. kind of... The 70s, like, Godfather-esque vibe. Yeah. yeah and kind of a realistic look on, like, organized crime and stuff like that. What a year for Oscar Isaac, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Ex Machina... Most Violent Year, Star Wars Force Awakens. That's it. Like, I'm talking to Uncle Charlie and my dad about him. And they're like, who is he? I was like, well, he's going to be, like, the biggest star. I was like, well, he pretty much is. <laughs> he's Apocalypse he is. and X-Men. <laughs> Dude is going to be crazy. And he's a great actor. He's, like, likable, and he's got a good range. I've never seen him give a bad performance. No. Even in a terrible movie like... Um, that Zack Snyder movie with the girls that are in like a sex slave with dragons. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see it. And he just seemingly came out of nowhere. I don't know, not literally, but it's just like all of a sudden this year, it's like, if it's a good movie, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, um, my number three is Meet Earl and Dying Girl. It was uh, something we watched on Prejudgment Day. It seemed really weird, <laughs> so we had to watch it. And surprisingly, a solid movie. Um, my number two is going to be Beasts of No Nation. This actually might be the best movie on here, but in terms of drama, I think Foxcatcher is a little bit nice, better. Nice, nice. Yeah, Foxcatcher is very good. It's a yeah. This year it could have gone off anyway. Drama. It's pretty thin line for the most part. But and the Zack Snyder movie I was thinking of was Sucker Punch. Oh, okay. I saw like twenty minutes of it on HBO once and had to turn it off. <laughs> but Oscar Isaac was in was in it and he was pretty good. Um, let's move on now to the newest category at the Red Box Awards: Best Trailer. Since we have started Prejudgment Day this year, I figured it's only fair Definitely. to rank them. <laughs> and uh, I'll kick it off with my number five being The Nice Guys. This is the one we've just recently watched uh, with What's-His-Fat-Face and Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe. <laughs> um, just looked hilarious and like it had great action in it. Just looked like... Uh, a movie that I actually want to try to get out to theaters to see. Yeah, uh, yeah though, I do remember this movie. Yeah. Even though I never even heard of it before <laughs> we watched the trailer. <laughs> so that's always good. 
number four is Captain America Civil War. You know, love Marvel, of course. I'm a big Marvel guy, and I thought... Um, I was already anticipating the Civil War movie, because I like the comic book edit uh, version of it. And the trailer did nothing to dissuade me. It, I thought it looked really cool, with the Black Panther in there, and yeah. Captain America fighting Iron Man. All that good stuff. Number three would be Sicario. That trailer got me pumped. Yeah, like, that gets your uh, adrenaline going. We'll talk about it more uh, in the next episode when we review the movie. But, man, this got my expectations so high. Just I like this director already. Um, like Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, everyone involved. And, I don't know, they just made it seem like it's going to be the best thriller ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, The Revenant. Um, yeah. That I can't, I think it was the first trailer when you see that cinematography when he's riding on a horse and it's just swinging around all this crazy shit like man I it, I didn't even need to know what the movie was about I like the just vibe of that trailer was just like I have got to see this movie it was uh you know it got you uh, immersed into that world just in thirty seconds. So that was pretty pretty well done. And number one, of course, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Because yeah, to, you got to think, how much anticipation for that first trailer? How, how are they going to do this? You're going to be criticized or praised, depending on how this goes. It sets the tone for the whole thing. And they nailed it. They nailed the vibe. They nailed yep. the tone. They nailed everything. It was a perfect trailer. And uh, the movie lived up to the hype as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Alright, my number five, I'm giving to, I can't remember which one it was, but one in the Jurassic World, it wasn't the last one, because the last one I saw, I would, thought it looked really bad. Yeah. It's like the second or third Jurassic World movie, or movie, <laughs> trailer, it was there really good. There will be sequels, there will be sequels. My number four is a movie we haven't yet reviewed. I don't think. But we watched the trailer, The Martian. Yeah, yep. I thought I was watching the sequel to Interstellar when I first saw it. But A lot of the same people involved. Funny and catches you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Number three is actually The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. That was a decent trailer. Because it was a really good trailer. Apparently, you know, it didn't live up. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen it. But yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, from what I hear, it's not... Didn't live up to that. Yeah. Basically, what I hear is they overcompensate for it being the last mm -hmm. battle or whatever. But I'll still give it a chance. Heck yeah. And My number two is The Revenant because amazing. <laughs> yeah. Bear. And my number one is clearly Star Wars. We just watched trailer ever and just the first time you see it. It makes your hair stand up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it gave me goosebumps. And, like, I don't know, like, as far as I was, like, crying or anything, but it was just, like, holy shit. Yeah. Watch um, Matthew McConaughey reacts to Star Wars video. <laughs> it's clips of him and Interstellar watching the <laughs> videos nice. from his daughter. You could use that for a lot of things. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it actually, like, adds up pretty good. Because, like, <laughs> Cut it when it goes to like full screen. Yeah. 
to the whole trailer, <laughs> and it's freaking hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get negative for a second and do our bottom five worst red box rentals of the year. All right. Or bottom, whatever you got. Yeah. Um, my number five is Jupiter Ascending. I talked about the Wachowskis when I talked about Sense8. And, of course, I was looking forward to Jupiter Ascending because I love the Wachowskis. I don't. I didn't see the Matrix sequel, so I've pretty much liked everything they've done a lot. And despite the bad reviews, I'm like, it doesn't matter. They're great at sci-fi. This is going to be good. It wasn't. Yeah. What's with the bees? <laughs> <laughs> Channing Tatum is awful, even though I generally love him and everything. Yeah. Um... I don't know, even Mila Kunis just wasn't doing it for me. Nobody saying did. something. It was so weird. It had so many, like, bits and pieces that didn't add into anything. Yeah. It was just swinging a miss, like... And, I don't know, I'll give him You know, it takes three strikes to be out. This is only the first strike for me, so... <laughs> what, what can you do? Keep swinging, boys. Um, number four would be Focus. The Will Smith... Yeah. Vehicle. Unfocused. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like two separate movies. First half, second half. Yeah. Didn't really love either half. But, I don't know. For such a charismatic guy, Will Smith, he just, lately, has just not been able to pick the greatest material. No. It's unfortunate. Number three, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Wish... Uh, I don't when know. I got nothing. Really <laughs> um, it's not like... Uh, I don't know. It's not like I went in hating it immediately. Like, I was legitimately going to give it a chance. Yeah. As bad as it looked. But it's just the worst version of that movie. Yeah, I don't even think... From what I can imagine, it can't even be a good representation of the actual book. I don't know. But yeah, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, how is this? How do women go crazy for this? Yeah, this it's is so, something that generally people will be like, no, gross. Or, this, I don't know. But it was so soft core. Like it wasn't yeah. even like it was making itself out to be this hardcore BDSM, but then it didn't even come close. It was a really high budget, short time after dark. Yeah, exactly. Movie. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I don't make love I fuck hard yeah. <laughs> and then he like slowly makes love to her <laughs> uh, number two American Ultra yeah. I just I cannot get over how much I hated this movie <laughs> I just thought it was production values were so low people I generally, generally like I didn't um I don't know. Unfunny, not, not great action. I don't know what it is about the movie with me, because I didn't really like it. But all I kept thinking of is, this could have been an interesting movie. Like, this could have been, I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, I I requested the, the DVD screener because <laughs> I was interested in the movie. It's not like, you know, I was going in like, oh, this is going to be shit. But it was. My number one... Taken three. Yeah. Just the worst. In every sense. Like, other than The Room, which uh, <laughs> was so bad it was amazing. Uh, Taken three. 
the first Taken was overrated but solid. The second one was god-awful. And the third one was even worse. I don't know. <laughs> it was just laughably bad. Yeah, it was... It was not even trying. <laughs> All you need to get a sense from this movie is a is a gif of Liam Neeson running away. <laughs> yeah. Trying to run. That's all I think about looking at this movie is him... <laughs> trying to hop that fence. Power uh, walking away from this cop that's sprinting. Oh, man. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. How about you? Right. Um, so is this, this disappointments or worst rental? Just worst. Okay. Absolute worst. Absolute worst. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. So, number five worst is... Jupiter Ascending. Alright. Feel you there. Then Taken 3, number 4. Oh, you loved it. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. My number 3 is Furious 7, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but there were two more worse. There was two more that were worse. <laughs> Furious 7 was really bad. I even got some guilty pleasure out of 6 and I was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Or actually, yeah, well, whatever. Pick is in. What? I was no, trying to put that in. as uh, <laughs> two, actually. I lost it. The Fifty check. Shades of Grey will have to be my number two. <laughs> number one. And my number one is Unfriended. I one know of the worst it. movies I ever. I know you hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can kind of see it, but. All right. Let's move on to best surprise of the year. All right. And this doesn't mean it even has to be that good of a movie. It's just based off your expectations going in. Yeah. So my number five is Gone Girl. Obviously, I went in with relatively high expectations. David Fincher movie looked good. But something about it, just from the trailer, looked a little more soapy than I was used to with the Fincher movie. Yeah. And that was just the wrong conception because it wasn't necessarily like that at all. Or if maybe it was, but it was just so well done, it didn't matter. Just I didn't expect it to make my top 100 movies of all time. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Slow West. Yeah. This was a movie I like. The only reason I wanted to see it because I like Michael Fassbender a lot and uh, had pretty good reviews, and it was a western. I it just did not expect it to be so visually stunning. So uh, creative and just striking and and awesome. Yeah. It, it just, just was way better than I expected it to be. Yeah, this movie's definitely a testimony that you don't need a massive budget and advertising and all that stuff to be a great movie. Yep. But, yeah. My number three, similar story with Fury. Um, I don't know. Shia LaBeouf was in it. The director... Is I don't really hate anything of his that I've seen. Like I, I like End of Watch a lot, but something about it just was holding holding me back. Didn't like want to rush out to watch it. I was not even really looking forward to it that much. But I, I obviously I've already talked about it. I've it a lot. <laughs> Number two, the end of the tour. Yeah. Just a talky movie, an interview between a writer and another writer. And like I said when we reviewed it, I started watching it at like 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> just to get started until I fell asleep. And 
was very tired the rest of that day because I did not go back to sleep. I watched the whole movie. Super invested and really enjoyed it a lot. And my number one is Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Because I talked about last year how I watched the first two Mad Max movies and was completely underwhelmed. Like, I thought they were solid, decent, but super slow and methodical and just not what I expected. So I was going into the new one with those reservations and they just completely smashed it away. (laughs) Yeah, it really blew me away how well the movie that was yeah me like how actiony it was it's just so god like there's a scene when max is scrambling to like get the truck from charlie uh furiosa and it's just like this this fight scene where she scrambles to the side smashes this skull on the side where there's a gun hidden underneath and it's just done so naturally like of course she knows that a gun is there. I don't know. It's just like this This world is... they already been established before you even started watching. And you just pick up in this stretch of time. And that's, that's it. Yeah, and it's like... They don't do a lot to explain to you the past. And you don't really need it either if you don't know much about it. It's Yep. There's no reason that you have to watch the previous Mad Max movies. But, I mean, it, it didn't hurt either. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What surprised right. you this year? <laughs> My biggest surprises. Um, I put it on my list. Oh, there it is. My number five is Into the Woods. Yeah, yeah, Musical yeah, yeah. that I was, I'm not going to lie, dreading watching. And then <laughs> I watched it, like, the day we were going to do the review. And I actually surprisingly liked the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that was one for, under consideration for me as well. Um, yeah. It's just it was funner, more fun than than you would expect. Yeah, and I like how it's a blend of a lot of different. It wasn't just like one thing, and I, I felt like they were more creative that way with what they did. And plus, it's a musical, and the fact that I liked it and it was so musical says it must have amazing music. Is what it's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, number four is what we did in the shadows. We've talked about this a lot. It's really yeah, funny. Yeah. It's kind of like, for lack of a better word, it looks kind of cheaply made, but not really in a bad way. But sort of from the outside looking in. Um, my number three is the end of tour because I didn't hear about this movie at all until Bob gave me the DVD. <laughs> And the fact that it was the actors that it was, and it was the type of movie that it was, and it was good. Cool. It was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I'm trying not to use it. Um, my number two was Slow West. Again, amazing movie, great cinematics, must watch. And my number one is Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Yeah, you were not looking forward to that. I wasn't. I don't. I, it just seems so weird, and it surprised me too. Kind of like, uh, like melodramatic or something like that. Cliche Sundance indie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I people still say that it is that, but I found it to be more. It was. I really enjoyed it. I watched it like two times. Nice. Now the other end of the spectrum: <laughs> the disappointments, the movies 
that disappointed you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, now I understand. <laughs> get it? Uh, number five for me, Kingsman, The Secret Service. This was getting so much good buzz after it came out. Like People were like, this is surprisingly great. And great action. It's funny. And it was okay. Like I liked the movie enough. I didn't understand where all the raves were coming from. Yeah. It just had decent action, some decent parts, but overall it just left me underwhelmed. Number four, Jupiter Ascending. Already talked about how I was a big fan of Wachowskis and they disappointed me. So yeah. that's why it's here. Number three, has no reason that it should have been a disappointment to me, but it was. Dumb and Dumber 2. <laughs> yeah, like, of course it was going to be this bad. Of course, but I couldn't help but get but excited. The original guys. That it was them coming back. and uh, I thought it would at least be a little bit better than that. Yeah. It was so bad. I'm glad it was dead to me by that point. Yeah. No disappointment here. <laughs> number two, Birdman. Even though it was my number two comedy of, of the year, yeah, I just... so hyped. Yeah, Best Picture winner, like, incredible reviews. Uh, I don't know. I already talked about it. The script just, I thought, was bullshit. But yeah, the, it had the potential to be incredible if it wasn't for that script because everything else was so perfect. But my number one would be The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 because I really, really liked the first two movies in this franchise. And I was, like, ready to be on board as one of the best I guess it couldn't be a trilogy because it's going to be four, but series of blockbusters of all time. And, man, I just thought that uh, Mock and Jay Part 1 was just dragged out, dull, boring, like just a complete step down from the, the first two. Yeah, i got to totally agree. I, I got into Hunger Games late, and then after I saw the first two, I was like, all right, I'm... Conductor of the hype train. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm ready to be on for the ride. And, you know, me and you were saying this wasn't that great of a movie, but it could have set up the second movie to be amazing. And from what I hear is that's not how it worked out. Yeah, but apparently. That sucks. But I hope I like it, though. Yeah, me too. I'd like to get back on. Yeah. Um, all right. Disappointments. My disappointment. Top five. My number five is American Sniper. Yep. Even though I did kind of enjoy this movie. It was okay, yeah. It was really overhyped, and it was a little too rah-rah. Yep. Patriotism. Djangoism. Yeah, definitely it was... This is an amazing story, if you don't question any of the ethics or anything (laughs) behind... If you don't like this movie, you're not American. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. My number four is The Gambler. Because I did hear a lot of good stuff about the movie, and it seemed to have a good cast. You know, you can't go wrong. John Goodman, John Goodman Mark, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, gambling sounds awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah, they, they they hit on twenty. Yeah. Stupid. It, <laughs> I don't even really know what the movie's about. Still, I've seen it like twice. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a strange movie. Um, my number. Three is The Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, you break my heart. Again, not a bad movie, but I just expected this to be, like, amazing. And I didn't love it. But, again, disclaimer, I'm not a comic reader, so there's no nostalgia or 
you know, I'm not really in their market. True, true. Um, my number two is Furious 7, because the movie sucked. <laughs> and... And you already had low expectations. it make a lot of money. Yeah, and I had low expectations, but it exceeded my low expectations. <laughs> and I mean that seriously. They're not even trying anymore. They're no. just cashing in on our They're crashing head-on at full speed and just stepping out and flexing it. <laughs> and fine. Crack the neck. My number one disappointment, though, is Tomorrowland. Because I really wanted this movie to be good. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like the worst movie of the year or nothing, don't get me wrong, but movie. it took a long time and a lot of money to make this movie. I don't know why. I put a lot of faith in this movie, thought it looked good, thought it would make a lot of money. It didn't either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can feel it there. Actually, let's spin this around into the best visual effects of the year. Because right. Tomorrowland is my number five. Because as, as bad of a movie as it ended up being, which, I didn't hate the movie, but it just wasn't good. Uh, but it had great visual effects. Yeah. The, the money showed that. Oh, absolutely. I just wish we would have been in that world more often to <laughs> take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, number four, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. They do such a great job with that technology of making the, the apes just look real. It's hard to believe that they're all uh, CGI. Number three, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Don't really need to say much. I mean, just is what it is. Mad Max Fury Road is number two. Um, so much put together, like so much going on, and it's so seamless. Uh, and I feel like the visual effects are going to be underrated, just yeah. because I don't know. It's just a lot going on. Yeah. And number one, Interstellar. I just think. That wave, the different planets, like, man. Yeah, and the fact that it's actually, like, scientific. Like, it's all based on real math and how you'd really see it. It's the only visual effects that was, like, awe-inspiring. Yeah. To me. From last year. But, yeah. You? Yeah, I agree. Um, My number five is Jurassic World. Because, I mean, there's not really much of a movie. They don't have good effects. Yeah. Not the best of the year, though. For sure. Um, Fifth num- best of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my number four is The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies. And for this movie shortcoming, it does have good effects. Um, my number three is Tomorrowland, because you know, it's been said. My number two is Interstellar. And my number one is Star Wars. Yeah. I thought the effects... Like, uh, especially like the lightsabers. And I, afterwards I found this out, like you see all the light coming off the lightsaber. Apparently they actually use like real lighted lightsabers. They've never thought of done, doing that for some yeah. reason. Yeah, after rewatching the old ones, you t- I took it for granted that the lightsabers looked great. Yeah. Even back then. They, they didn't. No. <laughs> necessarily. But they did in a new one. I haven't watched the old ones, but after I, like, totally know that fact, I know that's going to bother me. But I thought it looked amazing, the new one, with the light actually coming out of the lightsaber, and you can see it in her eyes. The frozen blaster bolt. Yeah. So much going on. And obviously it's in space, so, like, all the ships and all that cool stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, now, cinematography, the camera work, the, the visuals, the... 
quality of the picture. This is what we're looking for. My number five is Slow West. I've said it a bunch how beautiful it is, and I think the cinematography has a lot to do with it. Um, just some of the shots in this movie I could use as my screensaver. That's, yeah. And that's a pretty good uh, indication that the cinematography is pretty nice. Number four, Foxcatcher. Just thought okay. they are able to shoot it with this grayish, dull, but not bland vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like, just fit the the vibe of the movie perfectly. And just thought that was well done. Number three, Beast of No Nation. Already talked about some of the iconic shots from that. Number two, Birdman. The whole movie's all in one shot. Yeah. Following this guy, basically. And it's... It's kinetic. It's... It's, uh... It's seamless, pretty much seamless. I, I thought it was very well done. And number one, Mad Max Fury Road, yet again. Congratulations. Just so much good stuff going <laughs> on. So many cool shots. All right, I, I got a top three for this there one. There you go, all right. Um, number three, Interstellar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> number two, Beast of No Nation. And number one, Mad Max. Yeah. It's just hard to deny the technical categories for <laughs> uh, Alright, now on to score slash soundtrack. So, pretty self explanatory. Yeah. My number five, Love and Mercy. Love the yeah, use yeah. of the Beach Boys music. Um, love that song, even on the end credits. Yeah. Uh, love and Mercy love itself. And even like not the even when they're not using the songs, like just the the music that's playing in the background and the dichotomy between the past and the the present is really well done. Number four, Interstellar. Boom. Yeah. Traditional Christopher Nolan type of score, but it it worked even I don't know about it even better, but it worked really well here as well because the the darkness of of space and the vastness yeah like, got that across pretty Seemed well like it echoed yeah. yeah number three whiplash the drumming the jazz music uh, yeah really cool lively enjoyed it and I'm not into that very lively. cool like bubbly beat yeah the whole thing like if I can recognize and do it off the top of my head by heart it was pretty good yeah <laughs> number two Star Wars The Force Awakens Absolutely. Maybe cheating a little bit by using all a lot of the iconic stuff, but there's some new stuff in there, and uh, regardless, it's awesome. And number one, Birdman. Just okay. the, the drums of just this nonstop beat to it that really, I don't know, I, it just fit the movie, it fit the cinematography, everything went together well on the technical aspects, and that was another one, another one of them. Sweet. Alright, again, I got uh, my top three for score, right? Yeah, yeah. score. My number three is Star Wars, because it's an amazing score, but again, it's kind of the same score. And, but it's just so iconic, it's cool to see. But what score would you give the score? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the second one is Ex Machina. It's not in your face, yeah. but it's kind of... It's pretty nice. A little bit 8-bitty with the normal kind of like worker that 
I don't know how to say that word. Orchestral. Orchestral, okay. Yeah, yeah it's score. Yeah, it's subtle, but it's good. But uh, my favorite score is Interstellar. I love the... Yeah. And space movies, you gotta have good score. Like, Gravity was my favorite score from last year, I think. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, I don't know. It's when it's a silence in space and the vastness. Yeah, you you need have to have something to contrast that. Yeah. Alright. Now we're starting to get to the bigger categories here. Best film club review or movie or segment. Alright. Um, we didn't do a ton of them. I think how many movies are eligible? There's about 15, 15 12 so. to 15 movies that were eligible for this. Um, you know, the film club is what we do, and we don't have two new movies to release. We will pair one of them with an older film to fit the theme. And my number five is American Splendor, with Paul Giamatti, about the comic book artist Harvey something. Yeah. yeah um, take my Harvey. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Very, I just love the, the way they play with the different um, meta stuff, like have the actors actually on set with the actual guy and just the comic book type deals. Yeah. Really cool. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Number four, Do the Right Thing, the Spike Lee movie. Uh, it's grown on me even since we watched it. Really? Yeah. yeah it's a great movie. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so much going on. Uh, says a lot while being fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not hard to watch at all. You don't have to yeah. be in a certain type of mood to... Like, watch it. Yep. Number three, Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood Western. Um, what else can you say? It's yeah. Unforgiven. I forgive you, Unforgiven. <laughs> Number two, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu. I think this was our first one that we did. Wes Anderson. Was it with uh, St. Vincent? It might have been our first um, Maybe. film club. Act. I don't yeah. know. It might have been As the second say, episode, yeah. though. Yeah, I, uh, I, I so hit or miss with Wes Anderson. Like, yeah, th- this is one that I really, really liked. I loved the symmetry. I loved the, the just the style, the the weirdness. It worked for me this time. It's like half and half with yeah. him for me. <laughs> this was on the positive side. And my number one was a girl walks home alone at night. The I guess it's like Iranian. Yeah, I think it's Iranian. Movie about a, a vampire in the bad city. Uh, just loved the black and white cinematography. Loved the vibe. I loved how it kind of changes perspectives. Like, you you don't know whether this girl is bad, good, you know, yeah. scary. Should you be scared of her? Is she going to... Attack the main guy. Like, it's so much unknown that you're on the edge of your seat, or at least I was the whole time. Yeah, I loved it. It's not like she's an anti hero either. She's just kind of like, you don't really know. Yeah. You don't figure it out until the very end. Yeah. All right. My number five is going to go to Hairspray. All right. I liked it. Yeah. I pretty much liked a lot, most of the ones. That we had yeah, for I don't think so there was. It's not like we're picking bad a movies. A few of them I didn't love, but the room. Nothing I didn't like. Yeah, well, the room was kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My number four was Snow on the Bluff. That was cool. Yeah, surprisingly, like 
I don't know what the right word to use for this movie is, but it's deeper than you would think it is. Yeah. There's yeah, kind of yeah. like more to it than just what you're seeing. Um, my number three is Mystic River, which I had never seen before. I didn't include it because I had already seen it. Yeah. So. Would have been in my top five. Um, number two, Do the Right Thing. Even though I did end up having seen that before, but I guess... Been a while. Not like all of it and... I don't know. Just like a movie I knew of from TV. Yeah, yeah. And my number one is The Life Aquatic. Nice. I respect that. And I was watching this when I was on my kick with... I watched the Grand Budapest Hotel a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And I was... Just happened to be... I think that might be why we picked that movie. Yeah, I think it was. All right. Best director. My number five is J.J. Abrams for Star Wars. Force Awakens. I just think there's so much pressure on his shoulders to bring this franchise back to prominence after the terribleness of the prequels. Yeah. Um, and it's not perfect, but he did it. He nailed it. I mean, Absolutely. He laid an incredible foundation for this next trilogy or whatever many movies to build upon. Number four, Kerry Fukunaga, Beast of No Nation. Amazing. Talked about it before. Did a great job. Just getting this message across in a beautiful way. Number three, Richard Linklater for Boyhood. It was one of my favorite movies of all time. I just, it's a great directing job. It's not my number one because, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. Like It's a tremendous effort because he, he filmed like once a year for 12 years. And it felt like it was more of an editing thing than a directing thing yeah. for why it was so well done but number two David Fincher for Gone Girl and number one George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road nice dude's almost 70 years old directed this movie alright <laughs> same guy wow really directed Babe Pig in the City <laughs> yeah that's crazy yep alright I'm just gonna list the names I know the person who won, but I don't know most of the directors off the top of my head. the movie, I can give the director. All right. Should be able to. Number five is Ex Machina. Nope, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is Mad Max. George Miller. Number three is Star Wars. JJ. JJ. <laughs> Number two is Beast in No Nation. K. Fukunaga. And number one, the winner is... Christopher Nolan. Alex Garland directed Ex Machina. Well, daylight and a dollar short. But yep. Should have had that ready beforehand. <laughs> All right. Into the acting categories. Let's start with Best Supporting Actress. My number five is Kristen Stewart for Still Alice. She plays the daughter of the woman played by Julianne Moore, who's Get uh, by what's it called? <laughs> I think I have it because I can't. Uh, all timers. All timers. Yeah, yeah. Pretty brutal. Just such an interesting relationship between mother and daughter as this is going on. And Kristen Stewart for all the Twilight crap, she's a really good actress. Yeah. When she, I mean, she's always got the same kind of demeanor, but she she makes it work. Yeah. Number four, Olivia Cook. For me and Earl and the Dying Girl, she is the Dying Girl. Um, just thought she was incredible as as this character who is freaking dying of cancer 
And she does a great... It's not like a ploying acting job where she's manipulating you just yeah. because she's dying. Like, she is a full-fledged character with positives and negatives and and a lot of depth. Uh, number three, Carrie Coon for Gone Girl. She plays Ben Affleck's sister. Um... She's incredible in The Leftovers as well, so maybe that's kind of weighing in a little bit, but <laughs> she is excellent in this as well. Number two, Patricia Arquette for Boyhood. She plays right. the mom over these years, and and she brings a lot to the table. You can see her physically going throughout the years, changing, gaining weight, losing weight, and all the while displays a realistic motherhood figure who's not perfect and number one best supporting actress Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina um, she played a robot yeah and this is supposed to be a robot that is able to pass the Turing test and she did like the opposite on an acting job she's a human who passed the test of coming across as a robot <laughs> In an excellent way, and I think she's also like the biggest rising superstar potentially uh, out yeah. of this year. Like she's she's going to be a star. All so right, that's it. Yeah, I had basically for me it was between three people. All right, uh, the girl from Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, um, Alicia Vikander, or whatever. Her last name is from Ex Machina, or Charlize Theron, and Mad Max. And the winner and is... And the winner <laughs> is... Alicia Vikander. There you go. We agreed. Yeah. Nice. All right, let's move over to the guys for supporting actor. My number five, Mark Ruffalo for Foxcatcher. Thought, oh, yeah. Thought he was awesome as just being this wrestling brute like who still had a head on his shoulders and a good family life and just having to deal with that the Steve Carell character and his brother and, yeah. and all that was going on I, Mark Ruffalo is just always great Yeah, <laughs> he's another one like my number four Oscar Isaac who just can do no wrong Oscar Isaac for mainly Ex Machina but also most violent year yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. I think his best was Ex Machina. He's just so good as this guy who's a billionaire, super smart, but also kind of crazy, and you don't know if he's in the right or wrong, how far gone is he. It's just so, a lot of depth again in that character. Number three, Edward Norton for Birdman. Hilari oh, yeah. Hilarious performance. Yeah. <laughs> he's... He's so good. He's a good actor. He's always been one of my favorites, but he, he knocked it out of the park. Number two, Idris Elba for Beasts of No Nation. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a transformation. I mean, he plays this, what's it, uh, confidant, or what do they call uh, him? Commandant. Commandant. Yeah, commandant. 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 Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so good. Is that, I mean... Just a dark, dark acting job there. Yeah. And number one, J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. Oh, he won good. the Oscar, and I think he deserved it. 
<laughs> yes. The, yeah, I gotta agree. The evil <laughs> drum teacher or whatever, jazz teacher. Yeah, and he does good, because you'll hate him after watching this yes. movie. Hopefully you won't hold on to that. But but even towards the end, when you know you should hate him, he brings you back. Yeah. And you, you fall for it all over again. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like, Just like shit. the character, right? <laughs> all right. Best all right. A- oh, yeah, you. Best supporting, supporting actor. actor. Same thing. I got three. All right. Paul Dano. Yes. From, um, I don't Mercy. for me. Oscar Isaacs from Ex Machina and kind of, you know. Everything else. Everything else. And Idris Elba, uh, Beast in the Nation. And the winner. Idris Elba, Beast in the Nation. All right. I appreciate that. At least we didn't have the same one again. Yeah. Um, all right, best actress now. Uh, I have a couple on here that you named for supporting actress. I guess you know it's hard to distinguish. Yeah, sometimes. it's like uh, Charlie Theron could have been because it's sort of more about her yeah. and Max, yeah. but it is about Mad Max. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of juggling you can do here. Yeah. Uh, my number five though is Essie Davis from The Babadook. Okay. She played the mother. Um, just a great job of of uh, being both the good guy and the bad guy in different parts. And that was a difficult role. Yeah. Number four, Charlize Theron from Mad Max. She's just a badass in yeah. every sense of the word. Number three, Daisy Ridley for Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Maybe... Along with Alicia Vikander, the one girl who's just burst onto the scene to become a star. Yeah. I mean, I loved Ray as a character. Maybe my favorite character in all of Star Wars history. Wow. Up there for sure. I I just loved her. She was awesome. Yeah, I got it. And it just like we talked about it obviously in the last episode we just did, I think. But great role model for girls. Like you know, to find like and Finn, but just, you know, you don't have to be a white male to be a hero. <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty good stuff. Number two, Julianne Moore for Still Alice. This was the person with... All-timers. Yeah, see? There Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was just a very emotional. Like, you put yourself in that position and it's scary as shit. Uh, yeah, that was a hard movie to watch. Number one for me, Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl. God, what a what a performance! <laughs> just uh, I don't even know if I should spoil it, but just the turns, twists and turns that she goes through. It's it's a performance in a performance. Yeah, it's it's awesome. How about you? All right, I did the same thing. Three people. Um, Oh, we just said her name. Girl from Still Alice. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Daisy Ridley. Star Wars. Force Awakens. And Force Awakens. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Which Star Wars is it? (laughs) (laughs) And Jennifer Lawrence. Hunger Games. Alright. And the winner is... Daisy Ridley! Star Wars. Force Awakens. (laughs) <laughs> this is her first win. In a- <laughs> yeah, and like we were just saying, 
She did an amazing job, and her character is one of the better characters, period, in a long time. Yes. Yep. Man, woman, child. <laughs> and they weren't, like, afraid to say that in the movie, like we said in our previous review. <laughs> little secret. We haven't recorded our previous review yet. <laughs> so. A little bit of a running joke. <laughs> Alright, best actor... Number five for me, Channing Tatum for Foxcatcher. Like, as bad as he was in Jupiter Ascending, he was as good yeah. in Foxcatcher as, like, the the little assistant to Steve Carell's weirdo. <laughs> um, number four, Michael Keaton for Birdman. Just nice. thought he did a great job performing that role. Number three, great analysis, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> number three... Joaquin Phoenix for Inherent Vice. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is one of the best in the biz. He's so... Like, this might not even be acting for him. This seems like it could just be him. Yeah. himself a little bit. But uh, he plays Detective Stoner brilliantly. Hilarious. Uh, Number two, David Oyelowo for Selma. I mean, talk Uh, about being convincing as Martin Luther King. Yeah. This dude... If you see him outside of that movie, he's just like a British guy, normal looking guy, but then he gets into this with the mustache, you know, I guess he had a little bit of weight in his face, like, and the voice, like, God, so good. And it's not even just that he looked and sounded like him, but it was just a powerhouse performance. Wow. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, I don't think. We reviewed it. Did we review it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. I was thinking of uh, no, no, I was thinking of something else. Yeah, uh, so I was thinking. I'm uh, I was getting Twelve Years a Slave sort of mixed up. Uh, Not like yeah, yeah. it's the same, but just like in the same. It's I've a been little racist. To watch it. But <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, but that was one of the best performances as well. Number one, Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler. Yeah, okay. Did we we review that? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw that uh, he's so twitchy and and just God, he got under my skin in in the best way yeah. as a performance. Like he again, I think he's underrated as an actor. He's fantastic in everything, no matter how good or bad the movie itself is. And I loved him. In that movie. <laughs> and I love him. <laughs> well, Marry <well>. me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Unless you're saying yes, I didn't know. <laughs> Same thing. Three people. One award. Here we go. I like your style. I, this is pretty good. Contrast. Steve Carell. Foxcatcher. Oscar Isaacs. Most Violent Year. Slash X Machina. <laughs> and Joaquin Phoenix. Inherent Vice. And the winner. And the winner. The best actor in the 2015 Redbox Awards. Joaquin Phoenix. You hear him, boys? Joaquin couldn't join us tonight. <laughs> but I'll accept this on his behalf. <laughs> Wait, he's calling in through Skype. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, well, now for the big kahuna, which is a terrible movie. The Casey recommended me in the first year of this podcast. Not nominated. (laughs) Uh, The best rental of the year. 
I did a top ten. What are, are you doing? Like a five nominees? All right, I like that. I'll do the ten. Number ten, Nightcrawler. Already talked about it. Uh, motivated guy who just want, will get what he wants no matter how, how much it takes. Uh, good story. Number nine, Slow West. Fantastic, beautiful, well performed, great climax. Number eight, it's hard. We've already <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, it's so much. I'm trying to think of something new to say. All right, number eight, Foxcatcher. Haven't really said much about it. Like, and it's it's one of these movies that I don't think about a lot. But, yeah. But that first time watch was just a great, great viewing experience. Well, it's just slow, detail oriented, and we watched it a long time. Yeah, ago. true. Slow but not boring. Like yeah, it's just a slow yeah. pace. Yeah, it's weird how some movies, if they're slow, but you didn't like them, they're oh my god, it was so, so slow. slow. If you liked it, oh, it's just or no, if it, if it was bad, it's meandering. If it's good, it's methodical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Beast of No Nation. Number six, Ex Machina. Number five, Whiplash. Number four, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Number three, Mad Max Fury Road. Number two, Gone Girl. And number one, Boyhood. Okay. Sounds good. And the nominees. Wait, so number one is your... Winner. Winner. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, you were just like, all right. Just said so much. Pick it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Joel's nominees for Best Rental in the year 2015 for the Red Box Awards are... Ex Machina. Well, I guess it's in no particular order, but five, Ex Machina. <laughs> Four, Star Wars. Three, Force The Force Awakens. Interstellar. Four, Inherent Vice. And five, Beasts of New Nation. And the winner of the 2015 Red Max Award Best Rental is... Beasts of New Nation. All right. I know you love that movie. I love that movie. It's really so good. Is. Alright, well, send us your thoughts on the Redbox Awards, or your own personal favorites in any category. Love to hear it. We'll, we'll shout it out on the next podcast, and yeah, that's it. It was a great night. Wait, hold on, I want to pull night. Steve Harvey. The winner is <laughs> The Hobbit. Oh wait, no, it's Boyhood. Still a great night. Still yeah, a great night. got to give that back. <laughs> All right. As always, email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. Follow me on Twitter at the Oriole Report. Follow me on Twitter at the RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We're on everywhere, the Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> the internet. It was a great year. We'll see you in 2016, even though it already is. <laughs>